Hi, welcome to Cancer, the Emotional Mountain. I'm Tammy, a cancer patient with a roller coaster of emotions, and I want to share them with you. With the diagnosis of cancer comes emotions, feelings that no doctor can prepare you for, feelings that can sometimes consume you and take you over. As you try to navigate all the medical terminology, treatments, surgeries, friends, family, you have a mountain in your path. Some days the path is easy. No steep hills, no cliffs. And on other days, it might as well be Mount Everest without a guide, without food or water, and not even a map. In those days, you need someone who understands, who walks the same path, someone who climbs with you. And that's where I come in. Take my hand and let's take it one step at a time together. Stress and depression. Mind over matter. Because we're battling cancer, you'd think the universe would leave us alone to concentrate on that. But nope. The world keeps spinning. Bullets keep coming at you. People are still asking you to be at work, at school, at a program for your kids. Bills are coming in. Cancer is epic expensive. And another pain or bump freaks you out. More cancer. I'm still dying. And when you aren't stressed about life, you can get depressed. Very depressed. I'm one of the most positive people I know, and I get depressed. I show fake faces a lot. I smile. I chat with customers at work. I make jokes in the doctor's office. I'm outgoing. I'm an extrovert. If you look at me, you'd see happy. I greet people in the morning with a smile and cheer. I compliment strangers if something they're wearing or a hairstyle gives me joy. I'm not quiet. I'm thrilled to be on this planet, and I'm ready for new adventures. But does that mean I don't get sad when I'm not doing those things? I definitely get sad. I get to feeling sorry for myself, and I put on my pity party dress and crown. That sound familiar? Let's start with stress. It will rob you of good health. It will give fuel to the cancer. It could possibly give you a relapse. I'm not 100% positive, but I'm wondering how much stress led to my diagnosis. For years prior to it, I was stressed overstressed, Olympic stressed. I worried. I drank too much. I spent way too much time being upset, angry, frustrated, wanting to fix things I couldn't fix, wanting to have more than I needed, wanting success in business, marriage, life, money. I was enjoying life. I was happy. But I spent too much time silently Stressing, worrying, not stopping to take a deep breath and slow my mind down. 
How much did that attribute to my cancer? I don't know. But I do know that it's not worth any of the sleeplessness, the stomach aches, the headaches, and the anxiety. And then there's the depression. I've spent many years seeing the world in gray tones. I could spend a day in bed crying, not participating in life. I'd purposely listen to sad songs so I could cry harder. I would go see doctors and get meds. Nothing fixed it. Until a doctor I saw asked me a few questions after I'd only been in her office for 10 minutes. I was rattling off all the meds I'd taken for years that never worked, the dark places I would find myself, and she just said, if I was to look in your closet right now, what is the main color I would see? I paused. My closet? I'm in the middle of narrating my life struggles, and she wants to look in my closet? So I thought. I took a mental inventory and thought, Black, brown, gray. I've been a corporate employee. I dress to impress. Long story short, I was on all the wrong meds. I needed a lower dose of something less. Lower? Less? Yes. That was 30 years ago. I'm still taking the exact same med and the exact same dose. And my closet is full of bright, neon, crazy colors. I now dress to glow. I dress to make myself smile in the mirror before I head out the door. So you're thinking, if she started that med 30 years ago, why does she think that stress and depression gave her cancer? Because there's no magic pill. My meds keep me stable. I participate in life. I show up, but it's up to me to take time to breathe and work on myself, to dig myself out of sadness and pity. My meds balance the chemicals in my brain, and that gives me the ability, but I must participate. I must take responsibility for my own flaws and mistakes. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect but we are enough. We can grow, we can improve with anything we set our minds to. A little story about my dad. As far back as I can remember, my, da my dad loved to play mind over matter. When I was a little girl, it was played by tickling. I'd sit on the floor in front of him. He'd grab my bare foot and tickle it. I'd wiggle and giggle and beg him to stop, and he'd smile. And he'd say, mind over matter. Breathe. Don't wiggle. You're not ticklish. If I relaxed and took a deep breath and focused on his fingers just rubbing my foot, I could stop the tickle. I remember the first time I accomplished this, and I felt so powerful. My mind was so powerful. It took a long time to achieve this, but I did it. And as I grew older and challenges became more than just tickling, he'd remind me, mind over matter. 
I can't start something new thinking I might fail. I have to meet each day with I have power. If I fail, oh well, at least I tried. As my life went on, I'd have an idea or a plan and I'd hear, you can't do that. Good luck. I just think, I don't need you to be with me. I'm moving on. And if I failed, and indeed I've failed many times, it wasn't a failure. It was a pause to regroup, retry. If I have a goal or a vision, I don't ever give up. Mind over matter. Now, when I decided I want to be a massage therapist because I love the body. I think it's a miracle machine. I had to break my ankle to prove this to myself, but I saw myself heal. With just, I mean, obviously there was an operation, there's pins, there's a rod, there's this, there's that, but it healed. And so I decided I want to be a massage therapist. And I found a school, and I decided to go to that school. And as it was wrapping up, nine to ten months later, it was a thousand hours, and there was a lot involved. I remember being at uh, orientation and getting my books and thinking, I don't want to be a surgeon. I just want to massage people. <laughs> but anyway, I, they had us do a business plan. A business was part of the school. Obviously, when we graduated, we needed jobs to pay for the school. And so I had a vision about what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a, a place, not in a, a mini mall or strip mall, or I wanted a little house that was quiet and surrounded by trees. And I wanted to have uh, at least two massage rooms, because one, I wanted to try some day spa things. I had always loved that, too. And I would share that with people. Now, my dad 100% believed in me and was like, what do you need? Let's do it. Come on, let's go. But there was other people. And one of them was an experienced massage therapist that I had known maybe only for a couple of years. And I admired her and I envied her. And I had often asked her certain questions when I was getting through school. And we were sitting there one night having a glass of wine. And I shared that I was going to have my own business. I was going to have my own little house. And I was going to do this. And I was going to do that. And she went, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, good luck with that. And I remember thinking, what? That's mean. And that's just one example. The next one, because, oh, by the way, mind over matter. I had that little house. And that little house grew into another bigger place. And that's where I added my Pilates studio. Now, I worked very, very hard. I worked around the clock. I'm a workaholic, and I put blood, sweat, and tears into that. But you know what? Mind over matter. I achieved my dream. I did that business plan, and it grew. The next one was when I was trying out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. 
Now, it took a couple of auditions, a couple of months. It seemed to go on and on and on as they weeded down and down and down and down. And then we finally got to the finals. And I walked in that morning and they handed me my number and I was number 86. (laughs) If I'd been superstitious, I might have said, trade with me. Somebody trade with me. But I didn't. I just did my thing because this is what I wanted. This was a goal and I was going for it. And and believe me, the stories I could tell you about how it took and what it took to get there. But that's another time. That particular year when they called off the numbers, now I want you to know there were 36 openings for cheerleaders. And I believe that year about 20 or 22 of the uh, veteran girls were coming back. So what does that leave? 14 slots? 2,000 girls had started out months before, applied, auditioned, been cut, been cut. Now here we were. Me sitting at the very back, number 86, the very last row, very last one. And as they started calling off the numbers that particular year, they went in order. Like, ladies and gentlemen, your new Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, number one, number three, number four, number five. Click, 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 click. Down it went the line. Was I counting to see if they had called 35 girls before me? Heavens, no. It was all I could do to sit in that chair. But they did call my number. 86 was called. Mind over matter. And what I want to tell you, what I guess I'm trying to tell you is the power, the power in your brain will outperform and accomplish anything that stands in your way. Now, when I got the call that my cancer had returned after only three months, I wasn't overly surprised or or depressed. It was a time to pause, take a breath, and retry. Still no anger. Still determined to reach the ultimate goal. And I still take my low-dose less med, haven't begged for something stronger, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I don't feel like it's the end. Apparently, a one undone with my cancer wasn't in the cards. For thousands, it's a couple of months of struggle, and on they go. Okay, I might be a little bit jealous, (laughs) but then I wouldn't be here talking to you today. It's because my struggle has taken two and a half years and still going that I'm here, that I had a vision, I had a goal, and I had a dream. I'm going through all this, and I'm going through it blindly, and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm confused, and I'm scared, but I'm also using mind over matter, and I want to help others that might be struggling and not know which way to go, and they hear the things like, you can't do that, and good luck, and blah, 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 and it defeats you. It doesn't have to defeat you, and it won't defeat you. Reaching out to you, wanting to hear your story, wanting to hear how you used mind over matter. 
Cancer has given me a new life, a blessed life, a whole new vision. In the next couple of episodes, I'm going to introduce you to the people that cancer has brought into my life that I never would have met if I hadn't kept showing up. If I'd given in to the stress and depression, if I'd laid in bed and listened to really sad stories so I could cry even harder, I wouldn't have all the joys that I have each and every day. If you need help to show up, what can I do for you? What do you need? Just because I say you can do it doesn't make it so. It takes you to participate, even on days you don't feel like it. Are you ready to clear your closet of black, brown, and gray? What is your goal? Besides being cancer-free, what is your goal? How many goals can you possibly cram into this life? I don't use the phrase bucket list. Obviously, it came from the movie. And he was dying. And he wanted to complete a bucket list before he died. And the movie ends with his ashes sitting on a hill or a mountain. It's been a long time. Now, I know I'm going to die someday. But I like the phrase, you know what I want to do now? I'm not checking off things because I don't have a list. I have an infinity mind of things I want to do. It's a goal and I will do it somehow to some extent. It might get modified. It might change over time. My goals prior to my diagnosis was living in my camper in the Red Rocks of Utah, rescuing animals and helping them to find forever homes. And I did it. Okay, so it was cut short. But now I'm here. And I've got all kinds of things I'm still doing. It's out there in some form or fashion, and I'm going to do it. There's no list because my life is full of possibilities, as is yours. No goal is silly, too grand, or impossible. It might have to be adapted to your current situation, but it's not impossible. Now, I love looking up all the time little affirmations and things that I think will pertain to me, and hopefully some will pertain to you, and I found this one, and I really like it. The goal of the soul is really pretty simple, to allow your God spark to shine through by just being you. I don't know who wrote it, but I think it's pretty awesome. And then... While going through this, I wrote one myself. Relapse is just an opportunity to become a bigger miracle. You've got this. And if you need help, I can do that. Find me on Facebook, Cancer, The Emotional Mountain. You want to talk privately? My email is c. Emotional Mountain at gmail.com. 
I'm so glad that you're sticking with me. And whether or not I hear from you, I hope some of this is helping and touching. Because I believe that my journey is going on because someone somewhere feels the same way that I do. So have a great week. Next week we start my 2022 year that brought me all the joy. Thank you so much. And have a really, really great week. Bye-bye.